Hey guys, welcome to the Fantasy Coaches Podcast with your host, as always, Steve Pintado, MMA man, Jibs Curtis. What's going on, Jibs? Hey guys, what's going on? How you doing today? It's been a long day. A lot of things going on. A lot of things going on with the podcast. It's draft season. Me and Jibs are in a tight battle in a dynasty draft right now with back-to-back picks on us. Yes, yes, yes. Stealing my players and everything. Hey man. Hot take, gotta have the sniper on deck. I'm going a zero RB approach in my di- in my dynasty league right now. A little shaky, but I just got Robert Woods at the fifth pit, uh, fifth round pick, so I'm pretty hyped about that. <laughs> yeah, I was hoping he'll come that back to me, but he definitely did it. So, uh, you know, I'll see how it goes for you, man. Like, you definitely need to get some some other positions on your roster. That's for sure. Yeah, I could use a running back, but uh, we'll get to that. Don't worry. There's just plenty of running backs I can grab late in drafts. That's for sure. But let's start with today's episode. Um, let's start with some news around the league. Some big things are going on. And one of the biggest things, if you guys didn't hear of over the weekend, was Josh Gordon is coming back in the league, gotten reinstated, back on the Patriots. Jibs, how are you feeling about this? It's just the same thing over and over again. Hey, man, but I picked him up off waivers, so I can't really be uh, saying anything negative. It's all speculation, but... As we, everyone knows, that wide receiver core is pretty deep. So anything is possible for, with Josh Gordon. You know the talent. The talent has been met and seen on the field. He is with the GOAT, Tom Brady. But until then, when he comes on the field, we'll see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, he's expected to play week one, possibly. Um, so, I mean, he's jumping off draft. He's jumping off people's draft boards right now. I think I just saw him taking in a redraft in the fifth round. So um, his the push for him to come back is big. You know, it's very nerve wracking though because you know he hasn't played a full sixteen game season since his rookie his rookie season, and that was like over five years ago. Um, you know, this kid just can't unfortunately stay on the field not not due to health or anything, but you know, due to these suspensions, it just he can't stay on the field. And um, I'm very cautious of drafting him. I won't touch him until at least round eight as you know at that point of the draft you're you're shooting your shot and hopefully going for the players you like the most at that point um as far as you know everyone else i mean this definitely like you know hurts you know the rookie uh harry and any other receiver besides julian edelman on that roster there from actually taking the next step what else we got for the news uh, i mean tony brown situation if you guys haven't heard of <laughs> He just—he's complaining about his helmet. He's got a foot injury. He said he's cool about the helmet. Now he's complaining about the helmet again. Walked out of practice during helmet drills today. I mean, come on. There's got to be an opportunity. There's got to be a, like, come on. You're a professional athlete. You're like, you gotta just gotta do what you gotta do. You're getting paid millions of dollars to play football. Get on the field. Cause you're nothing but just causing all our fantasy owners headaches, and he's causing me headaches. Cause I don't want to draft him. I don't either. Uh, if it comes to a point where the value is good enough, I'll take them. But it's just what happens when this goes on in season. Like, am I have to deal with this like every day throughout the week? These clown shoe like media reports and like the circus. Like, no, I don't want to deal with that. I just want to put my guy in the lineup, know that he's about to go put some work on the field, and that's it. I don't need all this extra stuff. So, so he gets his act in order. It's not really looking good for me and my uh, draft capital with AB this year, that's for sure. Plus, this man just got paid. Like, what, what, what's the point of doing all this nonsense? 
I don't know. He's like I said, he's just a headache for everyone. So guys, just just don't take him in the third anymore. I think he's turning into a fourth round pick almost at this point. Someone else who's kind of falling a little bit right now is Andrew Luck. Um, he was one of my. He was probably my QB one this year, but he's got a little calf injury, ankle injury going on right now, and it's keeping him sidelined. And you know there are some reports out there that he could maybe miss game one. I don't know, but um, he's starting to look like a quarterback. I don't want to draft right now. Or if you're going to draft him, at least draft someone else who can play the first couple weeks of the season. Because it seems like he might not be available. So keep an eye on on that, guys. Um, Anything else? Anything really big was, you know, uh, Hakeem Butler, Arizona rookie wide receiver. He's probably going to go on the pump list after a fracture in his hand. Um, Not really big on redrafts because he probably wasn't on radars. Um, Drew Locke has got a bad spine. Again, not something we want to care about too much for redrafts, but for your dynasty league guys, something to keep aware of. Uh, Jalen Smith got a nice contract extension from the Cowboys. That was just nice in general because he was that one play, if you guys remember, especially you, Jibs, uh, the Notre Dame game where he basically just destroyed his entire leg. And yeah. I'm glad he came back and you know he's having a successful career after that. Well, I wish they paid Zeke, though. Yeah, well, there was, there was, a, there was a tweet, actually, that said... Um, Big signing news today is a Dax forty million, <laughs> but obviously it was the Jalen Smith signing. But I thought that was pretty funny. No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 Dak, Dak, no money for you. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, but let's get into our coach's bulletin board question of the day, and this one is from where's his name at here? Ah, Henry from North Florida, and he says, coaches. Uh, what's one player you like at your at their current ADP position? If you guys know what ADP means, it's average draft position. Uh, Jibs, I'll let you go first. Um, who do you like at their current ADP? Emmanuel Sanders. Emmanuel Sanders. Well, if you saw him the other night, he looked pretty good out of that torn Achilles. Well, of course, yeah. I did catch a couple of the game plays from that team. But, um, yeah, he looked good. Like I didn't think he looked that good coming off the Achilles injury, but... Hey man, like if you could find like a nice wide receiver, like he's going um average draft position one oh nine. I'll take that any day for a guy who used to be putting up wide receiver two, three fringe numbers on occasion. Uh wide receiver two numbers when he was uh, spectacular back in his youthful days. But other than that, Joe Flacco seemed like he liked his uh connection with him, so I'll take that over Portland Sutton all day. No, no, Emmanuel Sanders is definitely someone someone people are sleeping on just because of that Achilles injury, and it's very hard to come back from him, but you never know. He could end up putting a, could having a good season for you, especially at his ADP. Great great, uh, great analysis there, Jibs. Mm-hmm. Well, who you got? Oh, for me, I mean, we just talked about a little bit, Mr. Uh, Bob Woods, Robert Woods. Um, Bobby Woods. He's currently ADP 40 right now, you know. And again, that's the top forty player. He's he's going to be a star, but I think he's I think he's undervalued, and I think it's great for his ADP currently. You know, I I think he could be a really an R, uh, wide receiver one for your team, but he's being drafted as a wide receiver two. Um, you know, he was great last season. He's in a high power offense. Um, the Sean McVay's offenses are going to put a, a top five offense up there every week and out. And you know, throughout the entire season, he was consistent. He was a top fifteen receiver all throughout the season. Even with Cup on the field and with Cup out of the field, like it just he was just an all around great player and I think he has the potential to do it again this year. Especially with, you know, Todd Gurley's knee 
in the run game situation, they might end up throwing a little bit more just to prevent injury on the running game. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, no, like I said, that's why I drafted. I found him in the fifth round. I had I had to take my shot on him. That was just tre- tremendous value for uh, Bob Woods at the time. <laughs> yeah, like I said, I would like to get him. He's pretty much the most consistent uh, wide receiver on the Rams. Oh. You know, Cooks will give you the big yardage, some touchdowns, Cup, obviously. He's a touchdown kind of guy. Upside, yeah. upside, but uh, Woods just gets those... Five to six catches for that uh, sixty-something yards every week, man. Like, he's just Mr. Reliable. No, he's Mr. He's Mr. Consistent, that's for sure, and reliable. Uh, great, hen- great question, Henry. Uh, we appreciate you listening to the show. Um, uh, keep up the great work, and keep ask, he sent, keep sending us questions. We love this. Um, right before we get into our main subject of the day, um, Jibs, um, you know, week two of the preseason just went by. Um, I want to know, you know, have you noticed anything from that those that week? You know, anything that you know you liked and you saw that was like, wow, like caught your eye, especially like getting ready for your fantasy drafts coming up. I actually did not see much preseason. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that, you know. Yeah, you had a busy week last week. I, you know, I saw you went to Philly, so you know, I keeps you away from the from the TV. So. Oh, that it does. That it does. I saw you watch a little Phillies action over there, right? Oh. Gotta love all my Philly, <laughs> Philly teams. Well, it's a good time. Unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to go to Philly over the weekend, so uh, I had some time to watch a little bit of uh, preseason football. And three things that I really saw: um, I watched Kyle Murray play. You know, after the you know the first game, he looked amazing. Uh, second game, you know, he showed his rookiness to him, and you know that's you know I had him a lot higher in draft boards. I had him all the way up at like 13 at one point on my rankings, but I'm gonna move him down a little bit. You know, I have to just you guys have to realize that he's gonna put up big games sometimes for you, but he's a rookie and he's gonna have rookie mistakes. He's you know different kind of quarterback in this league, so just don't just assume that Kyle Murray's just gonna blow off everyone's like cookies and be amazing. He's gonna have his rookie game, so just keep that in mind. Houston's offense is looking really good. You know, Sean Watson last game, five for seven, sixty yards and a touchdown. Like, and it was against the first team off defense they were playing. Still, like, I mean, Houston's defense, Houston's offense is looking scary this year, and I'm definitely looking to get into that receiving core and Watson for sure. Watson looks nice. And then, last but not least, Tony Pollard looking great. Uh, Jerry Jones praised him, saying he's an amazing running back, and basically saying who Zeke who Zeke who. And what we mean by that is Ezekiel Elliott's still holding out, and basically Jerry Jones is just making fun of him. So uh, Tony Pollard could be someone real, real good this year for your team. But that's the only thing I took away from preseason. You know, I, I think next week is going to be really, you know, the showcase for a lot of the starters who are going to be starting whatnot. That's something to keep your eye on. Who gets the snaps early on in the first quarter, second quarter? Uh, just keep an eye on. If they're not playing, most likely they're the stars. They don't have to play still. But uh, if there's players on there who you're, you know, torn between, look to see where they're playing and how much they're playing with the first team offense. But let's get into our main topic of the day. Uh, we have sleepers, breakouts, and busts for you guys. Uh, we're real excited about this. Uh, me and Jibs both came up with three sleepers who and bust and breakouts. So we don't know who's, we don't know what we all picked. We uh, keeping it real low key. So um, me and Jibs are gonna go back and forth. Um, and figure out, you know, 
who we have for each other, sleepers and bust and breakouts. So, Jibs, why don't you go first with the sleeper? Who's your first sleeper on the board? Sleeper, sleeper, AP, Adrian Peterson. Ooh, I like that. I was actually thinking about doing AP, too. I was I was thinking about switching one of my players and do AP. I like that. Yeah, you just got to think about it. He's going he's gonna to get his nice work glue in that offense, no matter what. Jay Gruden ran the same thing with the running backs last year. It's a nice committee. Like, obviously... In the beginning of the draft, you don't want to draft running backs in a committee, but like you do want to draft a running back that's in a good committee and has a decent share of the offense. Um, as you can see, like there he is, guys. He is coming back from uh, his surgery last year, but he also had got nicked up in camp too. So it's just a little thing to look out for. Uh, he's currently uh, going. He's a running back, forty six, and. During the draft season, so this guy's a move. He finished as the top twenty running back last year, and uh, I just believe he's not going to get the same workload, but he does have some potential to definitely beat running back forty six by a mile. I believe. Oh yeah, I like, I, mean, I like that sleeper pick. You know, he's definitely someone you could you know use on bye weeks, and you know, and, and in great matchups if they have any for the Redskins, which they probably don't have many, but, um, you know, AP is definitely a nice a nice sleeper pick that uh, people aren't really thinking about. So I'll go with my first sleeper pick. Uh, my first sleeper is Mr. Kirk Cousins. You like that. Yes. Um, you know, I haven't heard a lot of talk in the fantasy community about Kirk Cousins this year. You know, everyone's talking about the the young guys breaking out this year on the top, and also the top four quarterbacks and Baker. Um, but no one's talking about Kirk Cousins. You know, and I understand why. You know, he had a really mediocre season last year and didn't finish as well as we would hope. But you know, that was the first year in a new offense, a new team. Um, I think they have. I think they're gonna have a. I think he's gonna have a better season this year. You know, he's prior to this year he was a top ten QB in fantasy for three straight years with you know mediocre receiving core and a you know okay run game. Just he has a great receiving core, and you have to assume that you know Kirk Cousins can get the job done and be great for you. And he's you know the run game should help. You know the offensive line did improve. They have a better play caller now that's in down there. Um, you know, there's a possibility that Coach Cousins could get back in the top ten. Maybe I, it's doubted a top ten pick, guys. But like he could get real close to being a top ten quarterback again in fantasy this year. He's in a great offense, and in great offenses, usually the quarterbacks are in the tops of those fan of those fantasy playoffs for you. So um, you know, if you really like waiting on the quarterback, like I do, and I think Jibs as well. You know, Kirk Cousins a great option for you. You know, he can get you at least you know between eighteen and twenty points a game easily. Mm. That's Just, pretty funny that like, I just like brought back good old memories from earlier episodes because when I was giving when we were giving the uh, FC North analysis, I was like, I ah, like I was kind of impressed by Kirk Cousins' uh, fantasy standings the last couple of years, and like you said, they do. Like to throw the ball, I think they're gonna be more run oriented this year. But of course, he has the potential. He has two top thirty wide receivers, top thirty uh ranked players in the wide receiver <laughs> as a wide receiver. But like, yeah, you're, we're drafting Adam Thielen, we're drafting Stephon Diggs for a reason, and Dalvin Cook. Come on, like 
were putting stock in the Minnesota Vikings um, whole offense. So he has to be good, or else those guys are going to be poop, obviously. No, and exactly, exactly part of my point, you know. And you know, the, and they they want to do this whole run thing with Dalvin Cook. You know, Dalvin Cook hasn't been able to stay healthy enough to do this. So, um, and I don't think the offensive line was rebuilt enough to support a strong run game. So they're gonna probably gonna need to throw the ball. And who's throwing the ball? Kirk Cousins. Yes, he is. Baron Andrews, of course. Of course, absolutely. So, Jibs, uh, why don't we start off with your second sleeper of the day? Hometown hero for yourself, uh, Kalen Balaj. Kalen Balaj, wow. We actually have a similar pick. Oh, then I'll let you go because you're the expert often. Ah, well, I appreciate that. Um, well, I'm not going to lie to you guys. During the offseason, I, I didn't like Kalen Balaj one bit. Um, I was, I'm still am all on uh, the Kenyon Drake hype train fan. Probably the number one fan in that most, most times than not. But... Over the you know training camp changes things unfortunately, and and it's changing for the good for Kalen Balage. Um, Drake got a new injury. Um, he hurt his foot recently, and a foot injury with a running back is usually a no no for the season. Um, there's an opportunity he could miss some time, maybe, maybe not. You know the injury is still relatively new, but you guys know I love opportunity in a running back. Kalen Balage has been lighting it up in training camp. He had a good first preseason game and. So okay, so so second preseason game, but you know he has talent to him. He has you know speed and burst to him, which you like. It's not on the level that I would like, like Kenyon Drake, who I love. But I mean, he's someone who you know is not being talked about of a lot. You can get him really late, and he could put up you know low end RB RB two production for you because of his opportunity that he has, and the offensive line is stable enough to support it. So you know, I think. The Lodge is a great sleeper for this season going into the new year. I totally agree with everything you said. Like, I I I wasn't on the Kenyon Drake hype train, but like I kind of bought into him just because he is like the main guy, the established guy for the last couple of years. But he got hurt. He's in a walking boot. So next man up, of course, and the next man up is Kalen Balaj. Um, I don't know uh, if everyone listens to uh, the ESPN fantasy podcast, but they've been hyping this man up since he's entered the league. So uh, I don't know if this guy, uh, Matthew Barry's a fortune teller, but I think today is his day, and this year will be his year. He'll get off to a good start. Definitely someone you could just take in the later rounds and just cuff him away. Uh, absolutely. Um, he's definitely a great sleeper for this year, um, pending if this injury with Bob Drake holds out, which it looks like it might. So let's get into our last two sleepers on each side, and I'll go first this time. Um, my next sleeper is Jamison Crowder, wide receiver of the New York Jets, which, uh, the Jets. But, you know, I'm not being going to be biased about it. Uh, I love Jamison Crowder in fantasy, especially especially PPR, half-point PPR leagues. Um, I expect a big year from him. You know, he's been a PPR machine over the last couple of years, and, you know, he's someone who can be a solid flex play for you. You know, he, in the th- prior to this past season, you know, he averaged, you know, 64 catches for 700 yards and a three touchdowns. So he can put up decent flex option numbers for you week in and week out. 
And now he's coming to a team with the Jets who, you know, out of 17 games last year, 10 of them was targeted by the slot player, end up leading the game in targets during those time, during those games. Um, and then you mix that in with Adam Gates, which is the bonehead Adam Gates. Um, I don't like Adam Gates, but Adam Gates, no slot players. And in the three seasons he was in Miami, Jarvis Landry, Jarvis Landry, Danny Amendola led the team in targets and yards. So there should be no reason why Jamison Crowder isn't just a match made in heaven for their offense and Adam Gates all in one. Like, he's going to get targeted, and he's going to be a great player for you. You know, he's someone you're going to be able to throw in your slot from time to time, and you're getting him super late in drafts, almost undrafted most times. You pick him up with your last pick, I'm telling you, he's definitely going to be someone who is going to be a decent flex play for you week in and week out, guys. Yeah, and I'm going to hit you with my guy, and he goes by the name of Jalen Samuels, running back 48, especially in PPR leagues. You probably could get away with it in half PPRs, depending on the circumstances. But I think he's going to have standalone value this year. He's going to have a bigger role than he had last year playing a complimentary role to James Conner, of course, as the Pittsburgh Steelers try to win the AFC North that I predict. But um, besides that, he, he catches the ball really well. He even like had great production down the stretch when uh, James Conner was out splitting time with the other guy as well. But I just think he could have some great lottery ticket potential and this and make the James Conner owner just rip their hair out. After, if something happens to him, God forbid, though, of course. Oh, wow. No, um, definitely a, a great take on um, Jalen Samuels. Uh, he was really good in those games he played last year, and he is uh, being mixed into that first-team offense, so he does have potential value, especially for how late he's going in drafts and how unreliable the running back position is or how weak it is. Uh, he could definitely move himself up pretty quickly if he gets the right opportunity. But um, enough with the sleepers, because sleeping is for the uh, the young. Uh, time to get into some busts. And these are players who both me and Jibs um, don't really like this year and who are going to fall below their expectation heavily. And uh, Jibs, I'll go first on this one. Um, my first bust is Mr. Russell Wilson from the Seattle Seahawks, quarterback. And he's a bust to me. Guys, um, you know, he's a talented player, don't get me wrong, but where you're getting him in drafts and, you know, his potential this year, um, I just think he's in a bust for you guys. Uh, he's had an insane touchdown rate last year, which is unrepeatable. Um, I think that's going to help. That's definitely going to drop with the focus on the run game. Um, the passing game is just not going to be there, and he doesn't really have a great wide receiver core i mean tyler lockett is, is attempting to be a number one receiver dk madcap just got hurt with an injury so that doesn't help and he's got you know no name journeymen who are coming in and david moore and jerron brown that are like not proven yet so you can't really expect russell wilson to like be able to you know post quarterback one numbers this year like he'll have his games sure but um He's definitely someone I would want to stay away from and go with someone with more upside. When I mean upside, I mean upside in their offense. 
uh, especially in the passing game. I don't see Ru- Russell's offensive passing game doesn't really show upside this year. So I would stay clear of Russell Wilson if I could. I can agree with you more. So who do you have for your first bus chips? Who are we rolling with? I'm going to roll good old Sony Michelle out the wheelhouse. Sony? Ooh. He's right there as the running back 24. And a crowded backfield with a crowded receiving core with the evil genius-minded head coach. That is a recipe for uh, disaster, if you ask me. You don't want to play roulette with these guys. You might as well, if you want to even take a shot on one of these guys, probably take the guy who's going later that you could get. Um, he's going, I think, around like the 50 range, around the pick 50 range. But I'd rather have other running backs, especially if it's like a half PPR league because he doesn't really catch the ball. There have been reports that he's trying to work on his receiving skills, but come on with all those people on that offense, why would they need him to catch the ball? So I don't think he's just going to come to fruition. Uh, he's unstable, and you might have some weeks where he doesn't do much and it's a passing kind of day, or you might have someone's vulture a touchdown or two. It's just too many things, too many variables, too many headaches. I think he'll bust. No, that's a, it's a real possibility, you know, I actually just wrote an article about their their running back core, and it's very unpredictable every year. Um, I mean, there was some positive about him catching passes at the backfield, but again, you know, that's that's training camp, and God knows what they do during the season. Bill Belichick loves to mix things up when he needs to, and he will do that if the team doesn't look like where he wants them to. So um, Tony Purcell could definitely just bust this year and be very ineffective. Yeah, like you said, Week one, some no-name guy, two touchdowns. It's going to be Damian Harris. Harris this Damian year. Damian Harris. He'll get it. I'm telling you. Two touchdowns okay. week one. So uh, who, is, who do you have as your uh, second bust? Oh, man. You're about to hear the, the shackles go down. And um, Derek Henry. <laughs> Why are you beating a dead horse? I just want to make people to know. I'm telling you. I have to, I have to list every – ooh, the listeners know – that Derrick Henry don't draft him if you can. I'm keep I'm putting my my expertise on the line every time I talk about him. If you catched our AFC South episode, it was just insane. Derrick Henry is all smokes and mirrors. He was an amazing running back the last few weeks of the season, but I uh, believe me, between weeks one and twelve, he was running back forty five again. He doesn't catch the ball out of the backfield, really. This offense does not look that great. I know they want to emphasize on the run game, but, again, this team isn't going to be very efficient, so they're going to end up having to pass the ball anyway. You're not going to throw Derrick Henry there when they're down 20 points. They're going to pass the ball at some points. They're going to bring in Tannehill at some point during the season. Tannehill is going to give this team to be more of a passing team because Mariota can't throw, which is just going to hurt Derrick Henry in the long run anyway. So, guys, Derrick Henry is still being drafted as a top 20 running back. Needs to stop. Don't take him. He's just going to ruin your season. Lay down the hammer. Lay down the hammer. I just, it's just too much, Shibs. It's like, come on. And like, it's, just, it's just unrealistic that he's going to play good. All righty. Well, let me roll out Mr. David Njoku. Tight end nine this year. Hmm. So, yeah, if you miss out on 
coveted top three or the big six or seven, depending on how you look at it. And you're just kind of sweating it out and you see David Njoku on the board. Please, just pick another player. Don't pick him. Uh, there's The Browns are exciting this year. There's a lot of mouths, a lot of high-profile teams. If you, uh, Nick Chubb's going to have his share. Uh, Baker loves to spread the ball out. So I don't think every, Odell's going to get his share. Uh, Landry's going to get the scraps after that. And I just don't think he's going to have that big of a role in the offense to net you a tight end nine return, to be honest. Mm, yeah, I agree with you, Jibs, on that, definitely. I don't see it. Don't see it one bit. Oh, yeah, and that also means he is going, I believe, around eight in 12 team league. So I'd rather just uh, wait along and build up my roster. Yeah, no, I mean, there's no point for that. Um, as Ron 8 is just, there's two risks. It's, a, it's not a risk round, but, like, for risk for him, yeah, I'm not, I'm not moving that stick either. Um, my last bus candidate is Mr. Odell Beckham Jr. Yes, wow. I said Odell Beckham Jr. Once again, guys. Um... And it's not the fact that he's not going to have a decent season. Don't get me wrong. It's the fact that you're getting him as a possible, as your possible number one receiver in this league. In your fantasy drafts, he's being your number one receiver. You're getting him in the first round, maybe second round, and you're relying him to put up top wide receiver one numbers. I just don't see it happening in this Browns offense. Um, it just. It's hard to judge this offense the way they moved the ball around last year. I mean, he was getting 10-plus targets in the New York every year. He's been playing. And granted, he's been hurt almost every year now in the league, so injuries are a concern in just general. But I see this being more of like a 7-8 to eight target games that he had. Those, those are going to be good games for him, I think. Um, and you have to look back at the Cleveland's passing targets last year. Um, Jarvis Landry was the number one receiver. And granted, Jarvis Landry isn't number one receiver. He's a great two-receiver slot guy. But, I mean, he's a tog, He's a target hog his entire career. Him and Odell have been one and two on the targets ever since they've came in the league. But his targets were 5, 9, 4, 9, 8, 8, 9. Like, and that also would meet, uh, what, Antonio Callaway there, uh, David Njoku. Like, he didn't have other receiving core receivers who got those targets there. So now you throw Odell in the system with Landry and both the target hogs. I mean, Landry's going to get his. They paid him. Odell's going to get his. They paid him. Like, they're both going to get the targets, and they're going to spread the ball around still. I just don't expect Odell to average 10 targets a game every weekend and week out, and I think he's more of a low-end wide receiver one, high-end wide receiver two by the end of the season. Again, he was outside the top 10 last year and was a receiver. And I think those numbers could be very similar, again, to what he has this year. But he's being drafted as your number one receiver, as possible the number three or two, four receiver in all wide receivers. So I just think he's gonna, not going to perform expectation and bust for where you're getting him from. Because I agree with you more. Hey, like last night, he was sitting there at nine in the dynasty league, and I said, hey, man, I don't know. 
don't think I could just roll with him, even though he's was the most talented person on the board. I just couldn't just pick him. No, no, I completely agree. I mean, I think Julio might have been more talented at that time. No offense. You're picking. But Dynasty, yes, yeah, yeah, he's younger, so I get that. But Julio was definitely on the board still. Oh, yes, okay. Yeah, you're right, you're right. All right, well, Jim's... My bad. No, nah, no, you're good, you're good. So tell me, who was your final bus candidate of the evening? Well, I wrote this a couple of days ago, so now I kind of probably will sound like an idiot now, but it was Philip Lindsay. And it was Phil Lindsay. Why do you say that? I was, I was worried about the situation. Uh, they got they wanted to get Royce Freeman more work. You know that throughout the camp and throughout reports and stuff like that. He's Riddick. I thought that will cap off his receiving numbers a little bit. So, and he's going as RB twenty five. Take like 48, 49, so it's like round four, round five. I just like other running backs around that spot. And I just think, I just think Royce Freeman would have a better involvement in the running game. But like I said, like now, like the Aritics hurt, he's going to be out a couple, he's going to be out sometime. And Royce Freeman didn't look that good looking at the preseason game. So, like I said, like now I seem kind of lost or I sound like an idiot so that's my take no I don't think you don't sound like an idiot man like you have to assume that Royce Freeman's gonna get an opportunity to show what he has during the season I mean theoretic's not playing in the preseason let's be real he's a vet he knows how to do his job he's definitely gonna be their third down guy which will limit Lindsay on that and they might end up throwing the ball more than people think so I mean I, I agree with you honestly that he could be a bust I, I could see it Easily. Yeah, but like I said, like I didn't see the I didn't see the news about like the injuries and whatnot or the game until the episode today, so things change and I gotta live with it. But just watch out. Just make sure you have some quality running backs if you do wanna uh ride the Philip Lindsay train. Oh man, definitely. Um you know we're at episode eleven now in our in our podcasting? Oh, it's more than my hand. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's insane. We're loving this, guys. We're we're rocking and rolling. Um, but uh, before I get ahead of myself, let's, let's get back to our final topic of the night, and that's our breakouts. And, Jibs, I'll let you go first. Um, who's your first breakout? First breakout is Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd. The situation's, yeah, like Tyler Boyd. The situation speaks for itself. But I can imagine at least two to three games with the lion's share of the receiving work. I'm praying A.J. Green will come back half healthy, but he has had a few setbacks from various injuries that he's heard mid-season frequently. And I'll make another note. Game flow will most likely cause the Bengals to be more pass-heavy, meaning more work for Tyler Boyd. You get a good start. Zach Taylor likes to – Zach Taylor comes from the – Chalmazay, family tree, da-da-da. And they do have a nice little slot receiver influence. So I like all those things. I think he's primed to be the wide receiver 22. 
Is that what you're saying he's going right now, or is he saying that's what he could be? Uh, yeah, he's ranked the 22nd wide receiver. I think uh, he could be. Okay, okay. I wasn't sure where you were going there. Okay. No, he definitely um, he definitely has that potential to really break out this year, after, especially after such a great season last year. Who you got? Uh, me, man? Oh, God. Uh, I think I have a pretty fan favorite of yours and mine, because you stole him from me in our dynasty draft. But that gentleman's name is Mr. Nicholas Chubb from... The Cleveland Browns running back. Yes, Nick Chubb is my first breakout candidate. Uh, he kind of already broke out last season, but I think he could even take the next up this year. And I'm not afraid of the whole Kareem Hunt thing. Not not even a little bit. Um, Kareem Hunt's not coming back until after week eight, and even then he's going to be worked in slowly. He's not going to be a focal point on the offense right away. And that's still Nick Chubb's job, and especially with Duke Johnson leaving town. His value just shot up even more on my boards. He's like my number six receiver, six running back actually right now in my rankings, which I love. Um, you know, he last year he was an RB eight by the end of the season. You know, averaged fifteen points, had three games over hundred yards, three games over eighty yards. Like this man could just run the ball, and they're in a great offense now, which where they should be ahead in games and giving him the opportunity in the rock late in games is going to be key. And again, like I said, it was about the Duke Johnson trade. I mean, that's just helping him i and i can expect nick chubb to at least get 50 catches during this during the season now because of duke johnson leaving um he's more of that ppr kind of guy and i expect big things for nick chubbs this year big yeah that's why i had to scoop him you know if you are worried about cream hunt just think nick chubb has eight weeks of pure volume he's going to be a workhorse running back for the cleveland browns when he gets back so what, he may split the share, like he said, like he will not get worked in right away. So just take those 10 weeks or so to say and find you some good guys off the waiver, make some trades. And if you're kind of worried about him, I wouldn't be worried about him. He's going to be the real deal this year. Oh, yeah. Nick Chubb train all day, every day. But, uh, Jibs, uh, who is your breakout candidate? Mr. D.D. Westbrook. D.D. Fan favorite of few. Go for it. Out with the old and with the new. And I'll beat this horse till it's dead. Blake Boros is trash. Sorry, Cody Kessler. Even though you're on my team, you're trash too. But they they changed coordinators. They brought John D. Filippo. He was Nick Foles' coordinator in the magical 2017 Eagles run to the Super Bowl. So they have a working relationship. They know how to make things work. Uh, it's the only thing the offense will only go up for the Jacksonville Jaguars. They literally were depleted. Those guys last year were just picking like straws out of a hat. Whatever one did this this week, you probably roll with them. They were all on the waiver wire. You all picked them up. You all dropped them. But I think this year will be the year that he will break out. He's currently ranked as a wide receiver, thirty nine. That's a wide receiver three four. I think he will be a fine wide receiver three this year. Oh yeah, Didi uh, Westbrook definitely has that huge potential in him, and he's definitely going to probably be their number one receiver more than likely week in and week out. So um, he's definitely someone who can uh, really get the ball out there for you guys. But to go into my next breakout candidate, a nice Mister. OJ Howard, tight end of 
the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Man, I'm in love with Mojay Howard. They should break out. He was on the verge of it last year. We were about to see some greatness, and then he went and earned himself. Very sad moments. But he's back now, healthy, new offensive coordinator, new head coach, new everything. I think he's ready to take that next step and join the elite tight ends. Um, he's coming back as a two or three option, depending on how you look at it, between him and Godwin on the team. He's got a quarterback who loves the tight end position in Jameis Winston. Um, and there's also 180 targets up for grabs um, with some key players leaving. So he's definitely going to see a better share of targets coming in. Yeah, He was a tight end sixth in the 11 games he played last year. And in the four games he played with Winston, he had 18 receptions for 272 yards and two touchdowns. Um, the sky's the limit for him this year. He really has the opportunity to really go nuts. And he's taken as the number four receiver. There's nothing he... I honestly could not be surprised if he ends up as the two or the one or two this year as a tight end because he's that talented of a player and he's in the offense who can support a number one tight end. I have a question for you. What's up? What's up? You're not worried about Cameron, Cameron Brate's involvement in the offense as well? Not at all. Cameron Brate has his moments, don't get me wrong, and he's going to probably piss you off once or two times during the season and get the touchdown over... Howard, but I think the team understands who Howard is and that they have to utilize him the right way and so they can have success. I dig it, I dig it. So, going off your little statement before, I guess you like O.J. Howard better than Evan Ingram? Mm, Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. All right. He's definitely a better option for me, for sure. For sure, for sure. Okay, well, I'm sure this one doesn't need any explanation, but got lazy. I just said Curtis Samuel. Wow. Well, <laughs> I kind of said Curtis Samuel, too. Oh, wow. So, great minds. I'll let you hit it. No, nah, no, nah, you, you let me take Kalen Balazs. I'll let you take Curtis Samuel. Nah, I, it, the, the proof's in the pudding. This man... He performed on par with DJ Moore last year at the stretch run of the end of the season last year. Ranked better than him. He's he's going, what, maybe three rounds later than DJ Moore in drafts. You're getting the same quality, same production. You're getting grave reviews about him in camp. It, this guy shot up draft boards. Like, I think he was going probably like in the 110, 100s plus. He's creeping Before, up a little bit, for sure. Yeah, and now everyone knows about it. He's slowly rising. He's uh, half PPR fantasy pro rankings. He's 94 right now. So wow. that, that could just show you the steep incline of what people think about him and why they're drafting him sooner than, sooner than they were doing months ago. So uh, you could give part two about it. I mean, you said most of what I wanted to say. I mean... You guys don't you have to look at the numbers. I mean, he was out the first four weeks of the season, comes back from that point on. He was wide receiver 24, one spot above DJ Moore, who was going two, three, like you said, three rounds later than him. And you can get him in the ninth round, possible high end wide receiver two by the end of the season, a healthy Cam Newton coming back. There's no reason why he couldn't get 100 targets this year. Like, the sky is the limit for Curtis Samuel. And 
I think he's ready to take that next step into his year. His real, this is really his second year playing, but it's his third year now in the league. I mean, the sky is the limit for Curtis Samuel. And guys, <laughs> I'm drafting him everywhere possible. He is my favorite player in this year's draft. Yeah, you definitely have. And I'm sure you're gonna have some more shares of them in the drafts to come. Oh yeah, I still have I still have like four you know, I still have like eight more drafts to do this season, you know. <laughs> I'm nuts. Yes you are, my friend, yes you are. But you know, that's why we love fantasy and this is why we do this. We love fantasy football and we love talking about it. We love giving you guys insight of what we think and we're doing because me and Jibs, you know, we're all the top of our leagues every year, year and out. And always competing for that championship, and you know we want you to compete too, because you know success success is a is a is a disease, and we we love it. Oh yes, it's always a well, it's a drug, not a disease. But we're not we don't do drugs. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, uh, it's a drug. Yeah, but uh, you know those were our you know breakers, sleepouts, and busts uh, for this episode. Um, you know, we really liked uh, really bringing this to you guys because this is some of our like in-depth analysis on some things here. Some guys that we're targeting, not targeting, maybe targeting kind of players. And, um, yeah, we really enjoy it. Um, before we go, we just have a couple more things. Um, any of you guys who listen out there are writers. Uh, we're actively looking for writers to add to our podcast. Um, we have now got our guys up to, like, seven now, which we're all excited about. And we're going to be pumping out articles left and right, hopefully, onto our website, www.thefantasycoaches.com, where both me and Jibs are rankings are up there. And they're updated most is mostly weekly on a weekly basis and as often as we can possibly do it. Um, you know, we have some great articles going out there. We did an article on the Josh Gordon reaction, coach's reaction out there. Um, and we have our QB uh, tier rankings out there too. So if you want to see that and some in depth about the quarterback position, we got that out there too. We actually are be partnering partnering with a new company soon, so that is coming up hopefully by our next episode. And uh, definitely want to watch out for our next episode coming up this Friday, August twenty third. We'll be joined by a fellow podcasting network. Um, we'll keep it a secret who it is for now, but uh, we're real excited to get it done. Um, and we're going to talk a lot of cool stuff with him and what he knows. And he's very, uh, very knowledgeable and up to date uh, on the fantasy life. So, um, Jibs, do you have anything else left to say to the listeners today? No, just do your research, guys. Draft season is getting near. I know, like, it's a hot bed for drafts this next week and the weekend after that on Labor Day. So be prepared. Don't be a slacker. Don't be late. And make sure you pick some good players. Don't pick the bus. And don't reach, obviously. Absolutely. And again, if you guys have questions, please send us an email. Uh, either DM us on Twitter or you know send it to the, the fantasycoaches at gmail.com. Uh, we'll be more than happy to answer them for you. We have always have our friends and family reach out to us as well with questions. So we're always looking to help out if any way possible. So uh, until next time, guys, uh, see you then.